Welcome to the Grace Avenue Church Podcast, where we believe that the grace of God is yours to live. It is our prayer that this message will help you experience God's freedom, live your potential, and make the impact you were created for. Now here's the message. All right, we're talking about stewardship. We started a series last week. Um, are you guys okay? My Houston Texans are in the playoffs, and I am... <laughs> I heard some people grinding their teeth as I said that, some jealous Cowboys fans, but uh, let's see how they do today. But uh, I feel good today. We started a series last week that uh, really is kicking off the theme of this year. The theme of this year is stewardship. Well, we're talking about this. I'm going to bleed this into every single message that I can. I'm going to keep putting this out there because I challenged us last week to not just think about the year, but to think about the decade, to think about where we want to end up. I said that our harvest is in our hands. The seeds of what God is going to do in us and through us, he's put it in our hands right now in seed format. So if you just got married in the last two to five years, a great marriage is in your hands, but you probably won't see the harvest for another 10 or 20. And if you desire to see your kids Come up in the Lord, well, you got to get through the teenage years <laughs> to even begin to see anything sprouting, <laughs> like deep roots. <laughs> and then you got to pray them into their 20s. I pastored young adults for, for many, many years. That was most of my ministry for years as young adults, probably over 15 years, just speaking into people in their 20s and 30s. And even me as a, as a pastor, as a preacher, used to, used to want to harvest in someone who was 22, but it would take a while. And I had forgotten what an idiot I was at 22 and how stubborn I was at 26 and how complicated I was at 29 and how I started to wake up around in my early to mid-30s and stop being so stubborn. Like God, God, the seed of what God had planted could actually get through my pain, my stubbornness, my attitudes, my wanting to quit. The seed could break through the concrete of all of that stuff. And then in in my 30s, it started to produce. Can I tell you, if you're younger than that, don't waste time like I did. And if you're older than that, help people get through some of this stuff and tell them it's going to take time to see the harvest. But I said last week that I feel like in this stage of my life, I'm living in the harvest that I planted. And it's the first time in 2019, last year, I started to feel in a way like, wow, this is this is kind of the life I, I have. Like, this is what I aimed for, and this is what God produced. Uh, and, and this is, that, that, that may sound a little, I don't know, out there for you, maybe a little too existential, but it was very real for me. It's almost like God was settling in me who I am in ways I didn't know needed to be settled. This is who you are. This is what I've called you to do. This is what I put on the inside of you. This is how I made you. And those things started to settle in me in a great way. And then the reality of us planting another community beginning in about 30 days, the reality of that has not just been something we've been working on for about 18 months, like strategically as a, a staff and a team, financially aiming to save the money, to raise the money, to find the logistics that will, will go in places as our, the seed of Grace Avenue will go into another part of the city. I mean, that's a big deal for our church. 
But here's the thing, that was in me in the second year that we started Grace Avenue. But we're not going to see the harvest or at least the planting of it until 2020. That's a long time to wait. That's a lot of Easter services. That's a lot of Christmas services. That's a lot of kids who've gone through high school. That's a lot of kids who were eight and now they're 16. That's a lot of people who were 20 and are in their late 20s. That's a lot of salvations and sermons and Sunday services and lives and outreaches. And that's a lot. When you add it all up, it's a lot. And you think, like, even in myself, there was this desire to do something then that God said, no, you got to plant it in prayer and faith now. And you're going to reap it later in a harvest. Because then the people are coming. Then the people will be ready. Then the church will be ready. What I'm saying is that God's promises over my life had a process. And God's promises for you have a process. It takes time. So often we want to arrive in a place where we haven't sown, but we immediately want to reap. I mean, just take marriage counseling. (laughs) We tell people to, when they're trying to work this stuff, to go to marriage counseling. And if they're not so stubborn as to say it's just too expensive when they're spending all that money on, you know, Cable television and Starbucks and eating out and all this kind of stuff. Like people have, most of the time, nine times out of ten, people have the resources. They just get offended at the price of getting a good harvest, of fertilizing the seed in their hand. And so you tell people, and they're like, no, I'm not doing that. That's too expensive. Or when they do, then they, well, we went once and, 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 and everything's the same. <laughs> yeah, because you've been stubborn for 31 years and you've only gone to counseling one time. <laughs> Let's. Let's move the ball forward a little bit down the field before we start talking about scoring the touchdown. Let's think big picture. Maybe I should stick to my notes. I'm seeing some some grumpy faces this morning. Getting in business too early. I need to save that for the 11. You guys are the holy ones anyway at 9. You're here early. It's the 11 o'clock, 11.45 that are the stubborn people, right? I'm just saying it's part of our selfish nature to want God's promises without walking through God's processes. It's just part of our nature to, to demand and to want and to expect and to feel entitled. And um, the process of God is him taking the seeds of what he's placed in our hand. The seeds of a marriage, the seeds of our finances, the seeds of the, the dreams and the goals that he's placed in our hand. The, the seeds that are children in our lives that we're raising the seeds of the job that he's given us where we're going to learn something or meet someone or, or use skills. Like everything I'm using, everything Janelle's using as we lead here at Grace Avenue, so much of it was planted and stewarded well in seasons that had nothing to do with Grace Avenue Church. There never was a Grace Avenue Church in my heart, in my mind, in her mind. There no, never, this never was until shortly before it happened when God dropped it in our heart and then it began. But then we were drawing upon everything that God had utilized that we'd stewarded well in the past to implement now. What I'm saying is that God's process involves nothing is wasted. He uses it all. You know, I'm able to connect with a lot of different people because I've done a lot of different things. Different jobs, different stages of life, different places in my finances, different places in my life. And so that that, that connects to people. I don't forget those things. I, I utilize those things. That was part of God's process. And so last week we talked about how everything in our life belongs to the Lord. And that's where, for, for a lot of people, uh, the sermon just stopped. 
because it's too hard to assess that reality that everything in their life belongs to God. Most of the time we think everything belongs to us. It's my money. It's my life. It's my dreams. It's my goals. But when we get past that and understand that everything in our life belongs to God and we're simply stewards of it, then we see that everything in our hands is a seed. And then we understand that once we have that seed, the potential of that seed isn't realized until we plant it. Like, I don't know what kind of seeds. I'm not a seed expert. You just throw a whole bunch of seeds into my hand that have different fruit trees. I'm not going to know which one is which until I plant it and it bears some fruit. Then I'm going to see, okay, that's an orange tree. That's a banana tree. That's a taco tree. I'll take two of those, one in the backyard, one in the front yard. I won't know what is actually in the tree until I plant the seed. You don't know what your life is like until you plant it in God. You don't know the potential of your soul until you plant it in God's house. You don't know who's going to cross your path. You don't know who's going to invest in you. You don't know who God's going to use you to invest in. You know, and this is part of our challenge as a generation. It's, it's we want to work on our dreams and our marriage and our life and our money and our goals. And we want to we do this at the expense of God's dream and God's goal, which is people. Him reaching you and now you reaching others for him because of what you see and what he's done in you. Which means that the more work you allow him to do in you, the more opportunity you have to help other people. Because there's mile markers in your life. You see, God walked me through that. He got me through this. He lifted me out of that. He helped me see that about myself. He helped me see that about others. Sometimes we're too busy seeing everybody else's problems and everybody else's annoyances. We can't see our own. So planting is how we get the harvest. Planting, not praying. Praying is what we do after we plant it. God, bring the light. God, bring the rain. God, fertilize this. God, bless this. God, bring life to this. But we can pray all day and still keep the seed in our hand without faith. I'm just praying for my life. Are you planting it anywhere? I'm praying for my finances. Where are you planting it? Just in Netflix and Starbucks and Chipotle? And I'm making everybody hungry today. Are you planting it in God's work? We want God's return without investing in God's work. We're basically saying, screw you to the world. I really should have saved this for the 11. Y'all are the holy ones. So I'm, I, what I'm saying is, you know what you're praying about. Do you know what you've planted? Can you assess what you've planted? So look at the harvest of the last 10 years. Do you like it? I don't. All right. Time to plant something different. Because by God's grace, you're going to get to the next decade, the next 10 years. Outside, Jesus calling you home. You're probably going to get to the next 10 years, and you're going to have a harvest. But what is that harvest going to consist of? Come on, let's think about this. Is it going to be something by chance? Is it going to be something intentional? So the pathway for the next 10 years, this is something I talked about last week. I said I was going to drop this on you this week. I gave it time, a little time to marinate. I'm going to start with the first three today, and I'll continue it next week. But what I'm trying to say in no uncertain words is that if you plant nothing, you get nothing. And if you plant something, you're going to get something. 
I, I, I can't control if I plant uh, a crop and, you know, uh, Locusts come, and it, it doesn't rain, and the sun scorches it, and it's bad weather, or the crops get fr- I can't control everything that happens, but I can control what I plant in my hand. I can't control what I do with a seed in faith and trust that God will do something. So I said that last, year, uh, I said last week that the pathway for the next 10 years, I've examined this in my life, and it's been the pathway for, for me for the last 10 years. And I've just kind of said that this is, in a way, it's been God's process for me to walk into his promise. So here's the first thing. It's evaluation. It's examining what's in your hand. Examining what is in your hand. Let me read them all. Evaluation, preparation, consecration, cultivation, dedication, and multiplication. And there's 72 more. I'll give you those next. No, I'm kidding. Evaluation is the first one. Evaluation, examine what's in your hand. Like, what has God placed there? Let's start with the evaluation of your life. What does God get since he planted the seed of salvation in you? What did God get? Who gets prayed for? Who do you share your faith with? Who do you encourage? Like, what did God get when he planted the seed of salvation in you? When he planted life, resurrection life in you, What did he get out of your life? Well, I didn't give anybody the finger in traffic this week. Okay, well, that's a start. How about seeing through the lens of the gospel and seeing that this life is like a vapor. It's here for a moment and then it's gone. And that the legacy we leave is actually eternal. It's not not temporal. It's eternal. And that the lens God wants us to see through is the lens that when the man asked Jesus, what's most important? Jesus said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. That, that that's the lens we should be seeing through. Now, is that shaping your 2020 and your decade? Or is it, nope, just going for more, more money, more goals, more, more killing it, more going for it? More weight off my body. Like, I get all that. That's all great. But that should filter into the lens of the very purpose you're doing all that is to love God more and to love people more. And if that becomes the lens we see through, then the selfish traps that we often find ourselves in, the depressing states we find ourselves in at times, well, how did I get here? Like, there's buffers for that. We'll hit those places where, where we're open to the Holy Spirit and we're not taking detours. Are you with me? What did God get when he planted the seed of salvation in you? See, God talks about some seeds will produce 30, 60, 100 fold. I always used to think about that when I got saved. I wonder what kind of Christian I'm going to be. Am I going to be? Well, like I, can't, I can't tell myself I'm going to be that. Like I don't know what's in the seed. That's God's business. He put that in the seed. But like, is my life going to produce for Jesus 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold? Is it going to produce any fold? Is it going to be one of the seeds that just kind of falls on dead ground? Is it going to be one of the seeds that really just couldn't take root? Like it shoots up really fast like Jesus talks about. Kind of bears some immediate fruit and then the sun scorches it because life's cares scorched anything that was planted. See, the average person, when they evaluate, you, you just take an average person. They can take a field. 
Just drive by a Texas highway. And the average person will look at the field and say, man, that's a beautiful field. Look, there's trees. There's grass. Man, that'd be, that's, that's such a nice field. You take someone who's a realtor or a land developer, and they look at that field, and they see businesses. They see another gas station. <laughs> they see another Best Buy. They see another Starbucks. Both evaluate. Both can see, but only one sees potential. Only one can see the possibilities of what is in the field. God sees potential in you. God sees potential in all of us. But when you look at your life, do you see just an open field? Oh, that's nice. That's beautiful. Or do you see things that can be built? Do you see that God can use you to build others? Do you see that God positioned you where you are? Not just to fill your bank account. Not to just make you happy. But to teach you things. To guide you. To show him more about you. The environment that you can't stand at your job is the training ground for the greater things God has for you. The boss that you hate, that you can't stand, thinks that does everything wrong, is training you to be the boss that you're called to be. Because somebody's going to hate you. Oh, no, 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 Daniel. Like, you don't understand. Like, if I was doing it, everybody would love me. Right, 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 right. We'll get some Google reviews on you just after your first year. We'll see if everybody loves you. See, everybody thinks you're just the best. Like, you'll do better than Jesus because, oh, nobody hated Jesus. So nobody will hate you. Come on, these are delusions that we have. If I could do it better, that's the first training ground. You're already wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> you with me? God works that out of us. That whole, if I, if I was that kid's parent, my kid wouldn't behave like that. And then God lets a little demon be born into your child. <laughs> and then you have to like, ugh. You need two chanclas a week just to get that spirit under control. And all God's parents said, amen. <laughs> Come on, what seeds do we have in our hand for a better return? What do we have right now? Last week we talked about it. We can't devalue the seed. You can't complain about the seed. We can't wish we had somebody else's seeds. Come on, it's a waste of time. Like, what are we doing with the seeds that we have in our hand? Here's some of the seeds that come our way. Time, energy, money, resources, gifts, talents, connections, opportunities, windows of time. You ever said to yourself, I feel like I wasted so much time. Said that about a year or a relationship or a job or a season or, of course, we have. All of us have because if you're investing in anything, you're hoping for a return. And life teaches you that you don't get a return on everything, but you get a return on some things. And when you get a return on some things, it helps you make better decisions for the next things. But the things that you didn't get a great return on, the things that feel like a waste of time, are the things that help you evaluate what time is next, what time you're going to give to what's next. Right? It helps you think about where you're dissatisfied, who you gave access to. Why do you even feel that? Who did you give access to? Why do I actually feel dissatisfied? What was the return that you got on what you invested? Anybody ever felt like they put more in than they got out of a relationship, of a friendship, of a job? Of course we do. All of us have. Because planting is hard, but you do get something from it. You get experience. You get life. But look at your harvest right now. Evaluation. The harvest of your life. Where were you in 2010? Where are you in 2020? Some of you are like, I was 13 years old. Okay, well, just think back the last two years then. 
<laughs> Where were you at 21? Let's, let's not go that far back because then it was all PlayStation and Xbox. I get it. And Cheez-Its at midnight. I get it. But let, let's go for those of us who are maybe 20 and above and start to evaluate, hey, what, are, what, what debt do I have right now? What is the present status of the debt, the habits, the choices I've made? Can, can, I, can I say this, that this first point is hard? Why? Because evaluation is hard. Every morning when we look in the mirror, that's an evaluation. And it's hard. Right? Like you're like, oh, Lord Jesus. I... <laughs> it's like that, that camera at the self-checkout at Target. You're like, who's that? Like, Oh, oh, that's me. Uh, <laughs> evaluation is difficult. Why? Because we're looking in the mirror. When you evaluate your marriage, it can be difficult. When you evaluate your, your finances, that can be difficult and depressing. <laughs> when you evaluate, but here's the thing. It's still a seed. The marriage is a seed. The finances are a seed. The children are a seed. The job is a seed. The opportunities are a seed. See, I didn't realize this until I was older. When I was like uh, 18, I was the youngest person working for this, this uh, company here in San Antonio. And I remember as, as I would, uh, was selling for them, I was only 18. So I didn't have a lot of life experience. I remember people would come up to me, and as I was selling them something, they would give me their business card and say, have you ever thought about doing this? Have you ever thought about doing that? I didn't even have two cents to think these guys are trying to hire me. <laughs> And at the time, I really didn't like my job. I was too caught up partying because I was living on my own. I had paychecks for the first time. I'm just living life as a party. And I'm not thinking that, like these guys are trying to move me into a different way of thinking, a different life. They see something in me, a seed, potential that I don't even recognize myself. This is the danger of isolation. You stop allowing people to see What's in you? And then you get blinded by the world you've created that you can't even hear when people are trying to move you out of that into something new. I'm saying that 2020 has to be the year where you evaluate. Look in the mirror. Evaluate the harvest you have. Your choices, your habits. Come on, you can't control the storms that have come from the seeds you planted in the past. Come on, what, what, what do cities say every time CNN is flying over and we see that the tornado has wiped out the city? What do the people say with tears in their eyes, wearing clothes from two days ago? They say, we will rebuild. We'll start over because it's in the human spirit. And more than that for us as Christians, we have God's spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. We get to rebuild. So here's the first thing you need to evaluate. Evaluate what your expectation is. Because as I'm saying this, maybe some of this is like, I, I just can't put my hope back into that place of expectation. Guys, I get it. We have a little two, two and a half year old. And, and, and before uh, she came into our world, there was a season where I didn't have a lot of expectation. If I could be really authentic for a minute here, uh, I, I really didn't want to have another child. I, I mean, it's not that I didn't want to. I just wasn't. That's not the frame of mind I was in. That's not where my spirit was. And me and Janelle were talking this week, and we were just thinking, like, what, what would our life be without this kid? <laughs> like, our whole life is just, I mean, we, had this, we have a 15-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. Do you see the pain that we're experiencing right now? <laughs> like, we go from moments of this is God's greatest blessing to what were we thinking, right? <laughs> It's, 
but at the same time, I'm looking at this harvest of this little life that's changing me every single day and showing me things about life. And God, and, I, and, and I'm thinking, there's a time he, I didn't even want to talk about another child. I just didn't, I just wasn't there. There was just too much had happened at that season of my life. I was too discouraged to, to, to even have a expectation or hope that things could be better, things that could go, go better. Are you hearing my heart this morning? Sometimes your expectation has been lowered down to the harvest that you've received. And you've discounted the seed of possibility in a future harvest. But that's not God's expectation. That's, and God's promise, that's your expectation. We have to evaluate our expectations. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 and 11 says, God who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase your harvest of righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way to be what? Generous in every way. God doesn't just put seed in your hand for you to eat. He puts bread in your hand to eat. He puts seed in your hand to sow. The encouragement, the encouragement that you feel at times in life should be sown into someone else's life. The finances that you receive should be sown into God's work. The healthy marriage that you find yourself in should be an open door to help other healthy marriages or unhealthy marriages to help people get healthy, right? God gives you seed to sow. Come on, follow this verse again. Let's put that up there again. He gives you seed to sow. Seed to sow. Not seed to eat, not seed to hoard, not seed to have complete dominion over. That's what the bread is for. Some of it's to eat, but the seed is to sow. Evaluating the seeds leads to stewardship of a good harvest, Okay, let's go to the next one, preparation. Preparation is examine this year, right? Examine the decade. Assess, I'm sorry, assess, assess the year, assess the decade. Like where are we at? What does it take to think forward, to think long term? You know, a lot of us aren't thinking long term. Some of us are. But a lot of us, we're just thinking about a, a better 2020, but we have to think bigger. We have to think broader. Because here's the thing. In, in 2010, when I was dreaming Grace Avenue and its formation was happening, it was all seeds. And now in 2020, it's three services, about to be two locations, pastors raised, leaders raised, teams in different areas of this church and teams that have now been separated and divided to oversee that church, healthy people. Not just random people. Oh, can you do something? Great. That's what it was in 2010. You're a seed. I need help. Can you, can you do this? <laughs> you don't believe in Jesus? What do you believe in? Okay, well, uh, how about we get you believing about Jesus a little bit more before you start teaching our children about Jesus? <laughs> That's what we had. That, that was our life. We had to do the best we could with what we had. And, and when you assess, you can get depressed because it doesn't look like a harvest. It still looks like a seed. But assessing is not for depressing. <laughs> assessing is for evaluation, to understand what's in my hand. What can I do this year? What can I plant this year? See, so much of this generation, we're so used to free downloads, free apps. What do I get for free? What do I get for signing up for free? Can I tell you that there are some things you get in free in the kingdom of God? It's your salvation, but it costs Jesus something. You get the Holy Spirit. You get the promises of God, and then you have to cultivate and build the harvest beyond that. 
Sure, God brings in blessings and supernatural doors that he opens at times through our life where we look and say, man, God, how did we even get here? How did you do this? But a lot of it is work and cultivation. So what I'm trying to say is assessing does not mean you're on the 12-week shred. You better lose the weight, get it like 12 weeks. Like that's good for weight loss. 12 weeks is just getting the party started, the kingdom of God. Because we're thinking for the possibility of 80, 90 years that we live by God's grace. And we have to be careful that we're not losing this aspect, which is consecration. See, there are some things that Scripture talks about that are so sacred that I don't hear a lot of talk about in church, in pastoring, in the kingdom of God. I don't hear a lot of this anymore. It's, it's almost kind of like this is all on you. Just go for your dreams, which I think is a really scary principle to put on people because you're going to find that all your dreams don't come true no matter what Mickey Mouse says. <laughs> I, was at Disney, I was at Disney World with, years ago with, with my oldest daughter. She's 15, so she's probably like five. And we're, we're standing there. <laughs> and, and Mickey Mouse, there was this like a, a live Mickey Mouse there and a bunch of kids were gathered around and it's this one area of the park and Mickey starts chanting in his high voice, you know, dreams come true, dreams come true, dreams come true. And all these children like just immediately started chanting, dreams come true. And my daughter looks at me and she says, dad, do you want to say it with me? And I was like, dreams come true. <laughs> Dreams come. I mean, uh, what am I going to say? No, there's some theology I have that not all dreams come true. God's purpose. I'm not going to work out my theology with my five-year-olds. I just had to trust God for the moment and be a good dad and say, I'll teach her at 15 that not all dreams come true, but God's purpose is worked out in your life. Are y'all feeling my pain as a, as a dad? I mean, your little, these little eyes looking at me, Dad, do you want to say it? You know, it's like, oh, my God. Like, of course I'm going to say it. Dreams come true. Come on, you people. It's dreams come true. There are some things that are holy and sacred. Work is sacred. The Sabbath. The tithe marriage, sex, these things the enemy tries to pervert. And he tries to turn them inward for us to use them only for ourselves. Marriage, it's only about me. No, it's a holy thing meant to show Christ. Sex, when that's turned inward and it's just for us, we get into all kinds of craziness. Money, when it becomes all, all about us, we're going into a, the spirit of mammon, what we see in, in the New Testament. becomes a spirit that we're just, we're all about money. We don't tithe. We don't, you know, the tithe is holy. It's not optional. It's holy. Come on, everybody say holy. The tithe is holy. Your, your finances, it, when you give to God, that's holy. That's not, that's not a tax. <laughs> it's holy. It's breaking things off of your money. It, it's, it's giving from the grace of God. It's seeing the bigger picture of the stewardship of your life. It's a holy thing. And Consecration is a huge part of how we see a harvest of righteousness in our life. So Joshua told the people, in Joshua chapter, I believe it was three, he says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. What is consecration? It's setting yourself apart into that place of holy living and holy thinking. Come on, this is a, this is a tough environment that we live in, man. 
There's a lot of temptations. There's a lot of stupid thinking that gets into our head. There's a lot of wrong emotions. We find ourselves veering off, detouring from a holy way of thinking, a holy way of living. And God was bringing these people back. He said, you're not going to inherit the promised land without consecrating yourselves. This was God's command to the people. This is Joshua telling the people of God, you get your spirit and your life ready to receive the promise of God. That's your process. We walk 40 years in the desert. Moses is gone. I'm leading this thing. And God has said, if you want to inherit the promise, here's part of the process. Consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Come on, if we want to be ready for the amazing things God has for us tomorrow, we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. Our life has to be ready. Our marriage has to be ready. I want to help you with this. Beginning January 20th on Monday, not this Monday, but the next Monday, uh, we put together something that's a stewardship, kind of like a study guide. It's a devotional, but it's more like a study. Take you about 20 minutes a day. Come on, how many of you waste more time on Netflix every day or, or your phone or scrolling? You got 20 minutes. Easy, you got a good 20 minutes for 20 days starting on the 20th in 2020. We're giving you the opportunity just to start living this out every day to consecrate yourself, to kind of refocus. Uh, come on, we're two weeks in, and you're already eating, you know, leftover cake, <laughs> you know, that you, you swore off of two weeks ago. But let's think about this. We're thinking long term. And this study guide is going to help us live out what it means to be good stewards of our life, our resources, our family, our opportunities, our dreams, our goal. And if you want to change the way you think about things, You've got to invest, invest some time into this. This is the evaluation. This is the assessment. So we want to help you with that. Uh, we'll give you that information next Sunday. We'll see it in email. We'll see it in text format. Uh, and we'll make sure that you get that. But our goal is to kind of do this as a congregation, as a church. It's kind of help point our whole church. Come on, isn't this fun? Like our whole church gets to aim for something. We've got something to talk about with people. Well, I don't have anything to talk about with people. Well, now you do. you got a stewardship devotion. Like, what did you get from that, and what did you get from that? You could talk about the Cowboys. They're not in the playoffs, so you can't, you can't relate on that level. But you can talk about the stewardship of your life. Our church is in a place where it needs two campuses fully functioning with healthy people, healthy leaders, and it needs people to serve in both of those campuses. And maybe part of the assessment of your life this year is recognizing that you're not serving anyone but, but yourself. And maybe there's opportunity right now for something to click on and say, hey, I could serve someone else. Our church has plenty of opportunity in every service, different times of the month. If you go to our next steps table, they will tell you how to get into a place where you can start serving. But, but guys, we're 30 days away from launching a, a campus. Like, we raised some money. We did not raise all the money that we needed. And I'll tell you why. Because our church, on an average, 30% of people who call Grace Avenue home give financially. I've said this before, and people were just as quiet as they are right now when I said this last time. People came up to me and were actually kind of like mad or depressed. Like, is that where we are? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. That's where we are. Some pastors would say, don't say this to people. I'm going to tell you, I think we can do better. 
I think if, if on average, the national average in America is 20% and we're only doing 30%, we're not blowing the doors open in any way, shape, or form. Something's going wrong with our stewardship. And we've got to get, got, get back to the place of grace and figure out what has God given us? What has he placed in our life so that we get a healthier picture of how we build God's house? Come on, let's build God's dream. It's God's business of building our house. Let's build his house. Let's build what God's building. Evaluation. Preparation. Consecration. Come on, let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you that you're a good God. We thank you that we have seeds of opportunity in our hand. I thank you that we get to steward those things well. So God, I ask for th- clear thinking in our, our hearts and our, mi- our minds this year. As we evaluate what's in our hand, as we take time this week, this month, this quarter in our life to assess what we have and then to prepare and then to consecrate to you, God, what ultimately belongs to you. So, Father, this morning, wherever, wherever, <clears throat> wherever we've been in our thinking, God, we re- realign it with your purpose. And we reconsecrate ourselves to you in 2020. We reconsecrate our heart, our mind, our habits, our choices. God, we choose to see through the lens of your heart, which is that people would know you. God, we choose to fit our dreams into your dream, into your plan. God, I ask for you to breathe purpose over people's lives right now an understanding of the bigger picture of the greater picture that you have in store for their life. God, I pray that you would eradicate small thinking from our hearts and our minds, that you'd you'd eradicate selfish small thinking about us for and no more, that you'd help us see the bigger picture of what you're trying to do in us and through us and through Grace Avenue. Father, wherever we've been, Lord, we thank you that today is a new day, a new beginning, and we could start with the grace that you offer us right here and right now, the seed of opportunity. So just as I'm praying with everyone's head bowed and their eyes closed, before we dismiss today, can I, can I just ask you this? It's um, the seed of opportunity right now that God is putting before you. You showed up here today. God had this word for you. So let me ask you, what, what will you do with this seed of opportunity? What, what will you take with what, what grabbed hold of your heart today? What will you run with? Come on, think about that now. Let's seal that. For some of you, maybe it starts with the seed of putting your life in the hands of a God who created you and who loves you and has a purpose for you. If you've not done that, God says no matter where you've, where you've been and what you've done, his grace, his salvation, what Jesus did on the cross is available to you to forgive you to bring you into right standing with him. You don't have to earn anything from him. He's done the work of his sacrifice to love you, to position you, to live this life for his glory, for his purpose. Maybe some of you have been away from that and it's time to consecrate yourself into a place of holy living. If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand? You just say, yeah, Daniel, I need to be saved. Or, Daniel, I need to consecrate my life and 
get my thinking straight about what, what this is all about. If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand so I could see who I'm praying for? Come on, some of you, do you need to consecrate your marriage? Some of you, do you need to reconsecrate the way you think about your life? That it's a gift. Come on, do you need to consecrate your finances, your gifts, your talents? Come on, let's think straight. Father, you see every hand here today. Lord, I pray that you would help people to see the beauty this morning of the grace that's been poured out on their life. That God, they didn't have to earn anything from you, but you did the work and you loved them. Father, thank you today that salvation comes to those who confess the name of Jesus, believe in their heart that they're saved. God, you save them. You fill them with your spirit. You set them on the path that leads to life, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, amen, amen. God bless you guys. If you would like the most up-to-date information about Grace Avenue Church, or you are looking for a way to support this ministry, please visit us online at graceavenuechurch.com. Thanks for listening.